0: Soundly. So right now our listeners get thirty percent off Headspace's entire library of meditations. Just go to headspace.com slash pod for thirty percent off your subscription, but only until May twelfth. This is the best deal offered right now. Head to headspace.com slash sleep pod today. Hey what's up, Team Flynn? You know I've been getting a lot of comments from the listeners, that's you, that although you love the guests that I have on the show, several have helped you out in so many different ways you still often wanna hear from me, and you just want me to just tell you what's working, what's not in certain different arenas within the online business space. You just want to get into my brain, and that's exactly what I'm gonna give you today. Today, you're gonna hear the seven email marketing do's and don'ts. We just started 2020, a brand new decade. Email is going to be more important than ever, as a result of social media and a number of other companies that we use for exposure, just putting algorithms in the way. Our emails, we can control. However, we're battling against the noise of other people also using emails. So how do we fight through that? How do we maximize this effort? How do we actually get paid back and a hundredfold for the cost of a good email marketing software. Now, of course, many of you know that I use ConvertKit. I'm a big, big fan of ConvertKit. I'm an affiliate as well as an advisor for the company. However, this particular episode, it will not matter what email service provider you use. Depending on the one that you do use, or if you haven't gotten one yet, definitely start with ConvertKit if you want, smartpassiveincome.com slash ConvertKit for a free trial. Some of these things, in order to implement them, it's gonna be a little bit harder in in some programs than others. If you are with ConvertKit, then a lot of this stuff is just kind of built right in. So here's what we're gonna be talking about today. We're just gonna start off right after the intro music with the biggest mistake, the number one mistake that I'm seeing a number of my students and other entrepreneurs make, and the quick and easy thing we can do to solve that. Next, we're gonna talk about the most important part of the email You know what it is? We'll see. Number three, it actually starts with a question. Why do people subscribe? And how can we take advantage of that reason to get more people on our email list? Then we're gonna talk about the one thing that I did to increase my open rates kind of instantly, really, And then we're gonna talk about the way that I was able to increase my open rates from 25 to 60%. It's not an easy thing, but it is definitely worth the effort. Then I'm gonna talk about some email marketing magic. And then finally, something that you could do to save money and get more honest numbers in your email service provider. So if that all sounds good to you, make sure you stick around and I'll see you on the other side of the intro. Let's do this. Welcome to the Smart Passive Income Podcast, where it's all about working hard now so you can sit back and reap the benefits later. And now your host, he once hurt his neck while eating a taco, Pat Flynn. What's up, everybody? Pat Flynn here, here to help you make more money, save more time, and help more people too. Today, we're talking about email marketing, do's and don'ts, the seven that I'm just really, really wanting to lay down right now so that you can have the best and most profitable year in your business. And hopefully email is a part of that. And to start out, I'm just gonna start with, like I said earlier, the biggest mistake that most people are making. You know, you have an email service provider, you're you're, you're getting your things going, but you're not sending as many emails as you should. That's number one. Do send more emails. Do not send more irrelevant emails or too many emails where it would just upset people. But in most cases, many of my students are not communicating enough with their subscribers. Most are just too afraid. What are they afraid of? What are you afraid of? Maybe you're afraid of annoying your subscribers. Maybe you're afraid of people unsubscribing. Maybe you're afraid of somebody replying and being upset at you. Well, that's not gonna happen if you follow some simple and basic rules. Number one, hopefully you realize that not all emails should be about selling something. I think a lot of people equate email marketing because marketing is a part of that to selling. But no, I think marketing is relationship building. So there's a number of different things you can do to quote unquote market that is not selling, but building a deeper relationship with your audience. Number one, you can ask questions. You can ask questions like, what are you struggling with right now? Or what's the number one biggest challenge you have related to blank." You can also provide help and surprise people and offer advice and tell stories. Telling stories in your emails are great. And what happens is when you begin to communicate with your email subscribers more, you will then in turn, as a byproduct, train your subscribers to learn you have amazing stuff. Imagine you send an email every two months, unless that email is mind-blowing, which even if it is, actually, people are not going to, think about you. They're not going to remember that email every single day. However, if you chime in every single week, for example, you're going to be on top of people's minds, especially if you continue to surprise people, especially if you continue to show relevance, especially if you continue to get people results. So do send more emails. I think most of you know that you need to send more emails. And if you're sending zero, again, you you need to get started. But Even if you are sending emails, likely you're not sending as many as you probably could because you're afraid. But why don't you get excited about communicating with your audience more? Just do not send more irrelevant emails or too many. So that's do, do not number one. All right, so next we're gonna talk about the most important part of the email. I challenged you earlier to see if you would get this right. Do you have any ideas on what the most important part of an email is? It is the subject line. So do spend more time on subject lines. Don't let people down after they open that email. Like a YouTube thumbnail. YouTube is a very, very finicky platform. The thumbnail is the most important part of the video. It's a still frame, but it is, it is the most important thing because it is what captures people's attention amongst all the other noise out there, and guess what? There's a ton of noise in people's inboxes more than ever. It's the first thing people see though, which is why we need to spend most of our time on it. Sometimes I spend more time on the subject line than I do actually writing the email itself. And I remember going to a video conference, for example, and there was a couple talks, a couple breakout sessions that were an hour and a half each all about the thumbnail alone. And I know that you don't spend as much time on the subject line of your email as you should. There's this thing called POFD, P-O-F-D. I want you to keep that in mind, POFD doesn't really work that way, but P-O-F-D. Point of first decision. Point of first decision. This is the moment people decide, amongst the other noise out there, who is going to get that click. And I want you to imagine, you you have a bunch of emails in your inbox. What do you see first before you even read the body of the email or download that thing that's inside or hear about that offer? You see the subject line and, and who it's from. So do spend more time on subject lines. I would recommend exploring the idea of being a little bit more curiosity-driven within those subject lines so that people will click through them. However, do not let people down. Do not bait and switch. Inside this email, the number one thing you need to get rich, and then all of a sudden, you're asking for people's credit cards. That's a classic bait and switch, and nobody feels good on the other end of that. You don't wanna send emails that are a waste of time. Maybe the subject line was the best thing in the world and then they open it, they get all excited and then they go, well, that was kind of a letdown. You need to follow up. You need to deliver on the promise of the subject line. And you have to also pay attention to what's irrelevant and working in your niche. If I were to include some BuzzFeed-like subject lines on my blog on podcast episodes or especially an email just wouldn't get a good response because this market uh, the entrepreneurial market is very very oversaturated and just tired of top 10 lists number six will blow your mind which is why I didn't say that number seven is the best one of all these no I'm just kidding I'm not gonna do that Uh, actually they're all great so stick around please so do spend more time on subject lines do not let people down and hopefully I'm not letting you down in this episode I hope that even if you have to go to work already and you want to continue this later you're already getting a lot of value your gears are spinning in your brain I've maybe caught you a little lazy with your email well that's good because I think that you all know that you need to step it up and don't worry I was right there too and when you do life on the other end is amazing you're able to make your customers your students your audience your subscribers happy you're able to get thanked for the emails that you send. And if you have campaigns built into them and you do it right, you can make more money too and everybody can win and that's what I want for you too. So make sure you keep listening. Hopefully you're enjoying this. If you happen to be somewhere in a spot where you can just shoot me an Instagram message at Pat Flynn, let me know you're in the middle of this and you're loving it. Anyway, let's keep going here, I appreciate you. Do and don't number three. And I wanna start with a question. The question is, why do people subscribe in the first place? Why would people give you their email address? Is it because they want more emails? No, nobody wakes up in the morning and says, I can't wait to give my email address so that I can get more emails back. Nobody says that. But people have problems, pains, needs, wants, concerns. And if in exchange for an email address, they can get those things solved or have something that they didn't have before, well then guess what? They're more likely to subscribe. So do offer a lead magnet. That's the lesson here. Do offer a lead magnet some incentive to convince a person that it's worth exchanging their very private email address with you. And that could be a number of different things. I have a YouTube video that we'll link to in the show notes with 17 different lead magnet ideas, everything from checklists to videos and all those kinds of things. I'll link to that. Or if you want, you could type in 17 lead magnet ideas you can put my name in there, Pat Flynn, for good measure, just to make sure you find it. You'll watch that video. I think it's 10, 15 minutes long, but it'll go over some quick ideas for you. But here's the do not. Do offer a lead magnet. Do not offer a 50-page ebook. Why? Well, first of all, that's a big lead magnet. It's almost overwhelming. It's almost going to stop me from subscribing to your list because I don't want to have to read 50 pages. Now, there are exceptions to the rule, obviously. If you are the industry leader and people just want every single word that you say and you have a lot to say, then I think it doesn't really matter how many pages your lead magnet is. People wanna hear from you. Although perhaps you might be able to repurpose that or turn it into something a little bit more authoritative rather than a PDF, for example. Maybe it becomes a book on Amazon or what have you. But do not offer a 50-page ebook. People's time matters, I think that you could do just as well with a single page PDF file that gives uh, something of value and relevance to your target audience. So knowing what they need and what they're struggling with can be a big help. Uh, If you can understand what their first steps might need to be or what those big objections are at the start of their journey with you, then perhaps an answer for that could be an amazing lead magnet idea. A quick win is something fantastic. Download this, and in, within 10 minutes, you're going to save 15% on your cable bill. That's a made-up lead magnet. However, you could probably go to Ramit Seti's site, I will teach you to be rich.com and actually find that very thing because that's what turned me on to him. Quick wins matter. And what the beauty of this is is your lead magnet should support where people are eventually going to go in the email sequence that you offer them, or in the follow-ups that you have, or in the further future communication that you have with them. So if it's, if it's a lead magnet about, I don't know, podcasting, right, but then you get put into a funnel where I sell you into my course about starting a business from scratch, smart from scratch, it doesn't really make sense. However, if you download the podcast cheat sheet, and then you're you know, getting some value, but then you see an offer for something that goes a little bit more deeper, like Power Up Podcasting, which is my course, then it makes sense. And that lead magnet that we have, the podcast cheat sheet is doing awesome. And it is doing just that, leading people in a perfect conversation through a number of emails and through experience into if people wanna go deeper and offer into Power Up Podcasting. And it's it works because it's relevant. So make the lead magnet relevant to where you know people are going. Next, we have email marketing do and don't number four. This is the one thing that I do in my emails that just increases the percentages almost instantly. On average, this tactic allows you to likely get a three to 5% bump in your open rate. However, I've seen upwards of 10%. And there's different strategies revolving around this. And that strategy is do resend to unopens do not send the exact same email to an unopened. Well, what do I mean by that? Let's talk about this a little bit. Resending to an unopened means sending an email, basically the same email, back to a person who did not open the initial email they got. And if you're using a tool like ConvertKit, it's very simple to do, almost a single click of a button to create a second version of that email that you can actually edit and then resend and it only sends to people who did not register an open on that initial email that you sent. And like I said, it'll give you an immediate increase in your average open rate. And ConvertKit will show you the sort of the combined percentage for those two emails together. You should definitely not send the exact same email. You could just you could just hit a button and it'll send it out. But I would recommend changing the subject line up a little bit perhaps maybe if you and, and a lot of people ask Pat how soon after I send the initial email should I resend to unopens uh, I would say two days uh, 48 hours at least and that way you know just people have time to catch up and they're not seeing double email but one thing I do to help make it a little bit better is I redo the subject line I change it around a little bit. And then I also changed the intro or add a little bit of an intro in that second version that says, hey, in case you missed this, I really wanted to make sure it got in front of you because X, Y, Z, and have it be a very, very clear and very obvious, but also very direct reason why you really wanted to make sure this person opened it. And what this does is it captures those people who may have been busy when they saw that email come through or maybe they were too busy, they didn't see your initial email come through, uh, there's a lot of noise, like I said. Or maybe they saw your email come through and they just didn't think it was very serious or it wasn't something that important. But hey, wow, you're resending it again? This must be something I need to really look at. And if you just frame it as, hey, by the way, I'm resending you the email that I sent a couple days out to, to a number of people and I just wanted to make sure it got in front of you, then it's never gonna go, hey, you just resent me the same exact email. It's, oh no, I'm actually you know, thankful you did that because I missed it the first time and this was really helpful as they often say, the fortune is in the follow-up. There's some nuances there. Wait a couple days, send it out, try it out. There are times, just so you know, and this is another reason why we change up the second email before we send it out to those unopens, is there are times when a person will still be able to read your email and it doesn't register as a click. Not hugely common, but it's common in most broadcast emails that one or two people will be able to read it without actually opening it. Maybe it's a preview or something like that, and it doesn't fire out a ping to convert kit to say, oh, this person actually opened it. So then you send them the second one again. And then you can even sort of soften that email, that second one by just going, hey, and if you already saw this email, no worries, sorry. I just really wanted to make sure it got in front of you. So that's email marketing do, number four, do resend to unopens. Try it once. If you've never tried it before, I promise you, you're going to see some results. And I've even had people thank me saying, hey, thanks for resending this to me. I missed it the first time or I meant to get back to it. I appreciate the follow-up reminder. Do and do not number five. And this is actually something that when I did this, and again, it wasn't easy to do, but when I did this, and I'll tell you the steps, it allowed me to increase my open rates from 25% to an average of 60%. That is a huge jump. That's, What is that, for every 100 emails 25 get opened versus for every 100 emails 60 get opened? That's a dramatic difference. And if you're talking about conversion rates and click-through rates and all that stuff, I mean, that's huge. So what did I do? What do you do? Do tag and segment your list. What does that mean? That means learn about the different sub-niches within your email subscriber base. There are a number of things you can do Using questions, and I learned this from a book called Ask from Ryan Levesque, one of my favorite books of all time. It's had a dramatic and massive difference on my business and how I deliver emails to my audience and the response that I get, and of obviously, like I said, the open rate. But by asking certain questions, you can understand the different buckets that are in your audience, And so, for example, when I did this research, I found out that there were a large number of people in my audience who didn't even lift a finger to ever even start their own business yet. They were following me because they were motivated. They always wanted to get started, but they never started yet. Another bucket was people who had started, they're getting some results in their online business, but they're just struggling. They just don't have the time or the know-how to learn how to scale the little success they've had. And that's the second large part of my audience. And then the third large part of my audience are people who are established online business owners who are are doing good, but you know they're, they're at that point where they're just, okay, I need to learn how to hire a team. I need to learn how to scale. I need to learn how to say no. What's beautiful about this is I've learned that each of these different buckets, just like in your audience, have different needs. They have different wants. They have different solutions. They each also speak differently as well. Bucket one, the people who have yet to start a business, Their fears might be like, I'm afraid, I'm gonna fail. Uh, I'm afraid, I don't even know where to start. What if I just waste my time? What if I just waste my money, by the way? Tagline of my book, Will It Fly? How to test your next business idea so you don't waste your time and money. This research did much more than just help me with my email. It helped me with what books to write. And the language that these buckets will respond with should end up in the material that you give to them. And the beauty of this is this just removes all the guesswork. This is why I love, like I mentioned earlier, let me flip back my notes here. I can't remember what tip I mentioned it, but I had mentioned questions that you could send your email list. Oh, this was was actually number one, I think. It was the idea of asking, well, what are your biggest challenges right now? And the bucket ones would say, I don't, I, my biggest challenge is just overwhelmed with where to even start with um, being afraid of what my spouse and my loved ones are gonna say when I try to do this, or I'm afraid what my boss is gonna say when he sees that I'm trying something new. Those are all different, very, very different challenges than people who have already started, but aren't seeing results like they wanted to. I'm afraid the work I put in is all for nothing. I'm afraid that, you know, I'm going to grow too slowly and and I'm afraid that I'm gonna upset my email list. You know, I'm afraid that the work that I put into building this online business, this online course or the, these products that I'm working on are just gonna fail. Uh, I'm afraid of success is another one. And then bucket number three, those who are at that level are just, I'm afraid I'm gonna be overworked. I'm afraid I'm spending too much time away from my family. I'm afraid I'm not gonna find the right team members. I'm afraid I'm not gonna be a good leader all different, completely different sections of my audience. Should they all be receiving the same emails? No, not always, and most of the time they shouldn't. If I write an advanced SEO guide, do you think somebody who's just starting out in their business who hasn't lifted a finger yet is gonna appreciate that article, is gonna find it relevant? No, they're gonna find it overwhelming and scary, and what, the, what are they gonna say to themselves? They're gonna say, okay, I must be on the wrong list. However, if you do tag and segment your list, for example, understand the different buckets like I said, then you're gonna understand what emails to send the different segments because that's the power of what you can do in tools like ConvertKit or these other higher level email marketing programs. I can say, okay, I got an advanced SEO guide coming out. I only wanna send it to people who I know who already have a business. And now the people who are on my list who don't have a business yet, they're not bothered by it. They don't need to see it and they shouldn't see it, but it's there when they start to graduate and dive into the more advanced segments of my audience. So do tag and segment your list. Another great resource for this is Brennan Dunn from Right Message. It's another tool that I use. If you actually go to the website, smartpassiveincome.com, if you haven't noticed, on the little right-hand corner, I'm using that tool, Right Message, to actually segment my audience as they come to my website. And I'm asking questions like, have you started a business yet? Or have you started a podcast yet? I mean, if I was in the photography niche, I would want to know what cameras people are using. Are you using a Canon or an icon or Sony? And now you're in that bucket. And now when I get a coupon from Canon, I don't even have to bother the Nikon and Sony and Samsung people. I could just give it, because it is of value, to the Canon users. That's the power of tagging and segmenting. A little bit more complicated, obviously, like I said earlier. And this is why I've been developing some more information and tools and resources, a course about email marketing which I'll talk about at the end here because this is the kind of stuff that people need. It be the difference between 25% and 60% open rate. It could be the difference between $25 a month and $100 a month or more, $2, $250 and $10,000 a month, depending on the audience and how how well you go with it. But here, what's the do not? The do not is do not overcomplicate your tagging and your segmentation. It can get a little crazy. And trust me, I know from my own personal experience, and I got some really good advice from a mentor of mine to say, keep it to three buckets or less. If you can do that, things are gonna be still complicated. Two is better and easier to manage. However, if there is a third sort of bucket in your audience and that's okay, you can add that in. But it, it starts to become this web of communication and it can be easy to lose control. It can be easy to forget where people are at and how to communicate with them. And how do we, you know, combine our autoresponders and these sequences that are already pre-written with the broadcast emails that we have? And how do we put a evergreen funnel situation into place, but then do a live launch on the same product on top of that? It can start to be really complicated. However, if you wanted to start out from scratch, hopefully, if you already have products, you are tagging and segmenting customers versus non-customers or students versus soon to be students or warm leads versus cold leads, those sorts of things. So do tag and segment your list, do not overcomplicate. If it is helpful for you and it would make or break your business to know these things, then do it. But it's not important to know for most cases. I mean, for me, for example, I could segment by gender but there's no really reason for me to do that. I could segment by state of the United States I could segment by women 50 who live in California who have a golden retriever if I wanted to. And it would be pretty darn amazing when a person gets an email and says, hey, I hope you and your golden retriever are doing well. That's a little scary actually, but as you can see, you can get really deep with this, but I don't think you have to go that deep to have really impactful results for you. So do tag and segment your list. Do not overcomplicate or go too deep. Start simple, please. All right, number six, we're gonna talk about some magic, some email marketing magic. You wanna create automated campaigns. So do create automated campaigns. Do not set and forget them forever. So automated campaigns are, especially in ConvertKit, you could see you can actually create a visual representation of, here's the form people come in and after that they get tagged with this tag and after that if they get that tag then they go into this seven day email course and if after that they aren't yet a customer then you send them this other seven day sort of follow up sequence but if they become a customer then they get removed from that and they get put into the customer or student list and then they get a certain series of welcome emails and all these things can be beautifully automated whether it's a sales funnel from point of entry to a series of emails to then an offer, or simply just a nurture list that you pre-write these emails so that there's just some emails already going out after people subscribe to your general list. I love automated emails. I love series and and things that, especially if I, for example, know that a person is just starting out in their business journey, I know I could send them some beautiful emails up front to help make them feel more comfortable, to help make them feel welcome, to understand that I know what they're going through and to have them feel more connected to my brand. What does that do? Another reason why we tag and segment, and this is why the email rates were so high, because people feel like you're writing emails just for them. Because your audience is gonna feel like you're writing emails just for them. And sometimes that can only happen when you know at the tag level. However, what we're talking about here is creating automated campaigns. And they should also be for these specific tag levels as well and these different journeys. So you're gonna have to eventually create like a map or a diagram of some kind. And beauty of ConvertKit again is they'll sort of create, you kind of create the diagram as you go and you create these sequences, but you don't wanna set them and forget them. Because the beauty of automation is you can see how things are working and then you can go and change things and improve things over time. The hard thing about live launches is like, for example, okay, you do a live launch and, you know, maybe you'll be able to do the same thing again, but probably not right away. After a break and after some some time for your list to cool down a bit, then you bring it back another three months or six months later. And then it's like, well, we only have two data points now within a year to learn from versus these automated series and these automated sequences that are happening daily. Every, every day a person subscribes is a new person who's then gonna give you data over time to see what works and what doesn't. So over time, you're gonna see, and this is why you don't wanna sit on it, you're gonna see some emails perform much better than, than others. And what do you do with those? You don't just just keep them there forever. You improve them. And this is another reason why having a few more emails up front makes the most sense because you can see which ones people will respond to the most. You need to have a purpose with these automated campaigns though so that you know if there's a goal that's actually working or not. If you have 14 emails in a series that basically just lead to nothing, I mean, that's cool. You're developing a relationship. You're nurturing your audience. And that's fantastic. You can make some educated guesses on where they're at and how they're doing or, or the success of that email marketing campaign, but like where are they going and why? You can make some infer decisions based on, you know, which ones are getting more open rates, which ones have more click-through rates to your blog articles or podcast episodes. But honestly, if you don't have a set goal for the automated campaign that you have, then why is it there in the first place? It's just adding more noise. So number one, you need to have a purpose. Number two, you need to look at the stats. I would look at the stats at least once a week so that you can see, okay, like the three emails around this one, they're all getting a, a, a 50% open rate, but this one has a 20% open rate. Why? What, what is going on here? Must be the subject line, right? Or the click-through rate's very low. Let me see how I set up this call to action here in this email. Or you might find, okay, all these emails around here, about 40, 50% average open rate, but this one has an 80% open rate. What is the going on here? Let me, let me investigate that. Oh my gosh. What happens is I give away something in this email and that's what people want. And I mentioned that in the subject line. So guess what I'm gonna add in my next, you know, guess what I'm gonna add more of? That because it's working right? You could change things if needed. If you have that goal, you can ultimately see if that's even working or not. So do create automated campaigns. Do not set it and forget it. Cool? Cool. All right. And finally, man, this is a jam-packed episode. Hopefully you are getting a lot of value out of this. Again, if you're at a spot, not while driving a car, or maybe you're pumping weights right now or something like that, but either way, uh, don't message me unless it's convenient. But shoot me a message at Pat Flynn on Instagram. I often say hi or give a fist bump back or a quick message and a hello. Just I like to communicate with you. It makes me happy to know that you're listening on the other end. and I'm just super appreciative of you and your time. Um, I'm going to go over number seven here. Then I'm going to talk about something we're doing special in the SPI brand right now. We're launching a beta program for a new course. I'm going to tell you about that in just a minute. Probably no surprise what it's about, but small, limited time opportunity to get in if this is something you want. If not, we're gonna reopen it again later in the year. However, you do get special access to me, a special price point and all that good stuff, but more of that in a sec. So let's finish off here. Email marketing, do and do not, number seven. Do purge your list. Yes, purge. Do purge your list. You save money. You have more honest numbers on the other end. Your 15% open rate, you know, it's actually 25% because... 10% 10% of your audience was not there anymore. However, do not purge first without an ultimatum. Without one or two messages in your own voice and your own style. I'm not going to give you the template because there's it's different for everybody. Some people are very aggressive. Some people are kind and gently ask for, "Hey, if you are still on my list, reply to this email." Or you can be all bold and caps. In the subject line, if you don't open this email, you're out. What? okay, I'm here, yes. It's up to you. But essentially, you wanna give people a final chance to respond or even open an email before you just delete them off your list. A lot of people worry about doing that. A lot of people have pride in that number on their list. A lot of people feel like it's cutting an appendage off even though those emails are gone, even though there's no nobody's opening your emails that you send out with those email addresses. It still feels not good to let go of them, right? But I think we have to understand what the purpose of email marketing is. It's, it doesn't matter how big your list is. You could have a billion people on your list and nobody open your emails, And you'd be paying a lot for for that because you you pay your email service, service provider on typically number of subscribers you have. So you can narrow down the number of subscribers, the percentage of just the strength of your audience and your email list is gonna grow. Your open rates are gonna climb. And those are the numbers that really matter. Who cares if you have a thousand extra people on your list, but they're not opening your emails. That's just dead weight. You can get rid of them. But... Some, not everybody's going to open every email. Some people are on a break or some people just, you know, are on a sabbatical from email and that's very common. And the other thing I like to think about is, well, if a person really wanted my emails and they're a fan and I let them go because they weren't able to open an email in the last two to three months, which is often the, you know, if you're sending an email a week and people aren't opening two, three months, that's a sign that, okay, something's going on there and you can give them that ultimatum Uh, again, in your own voice. But if they really wanted to come back, they can. It's not like they're out for good. You're not blocking them. It's just, hey, I'm I'm gonna kindly remove you from the list. And if you wanna come back, awesome. There's lead magnets and other ways that you can get back in. But for right now, I would love to just escort you out kindly because I have people to take care of. And if you wanna be taken care of, then don't go anywhere. But if you want me to take care of you, stick around. If not, then see your way out. And that's it. So the beauty of this also is as your numbers get stronger, yes, they can be lower but stronger, you're also going to see more clearly what is working and what's not no longer are the open rates sort of diluted by just the plethora of, of dead emails on your list. They are now going to be responsive in the way that your audience actually responds to your subject lines. The click-through rates are gonna be more responsive to how your audience actually responds and not diluted by the loads of people who are just quiet or used a junk email to download your, your your lead magnet or anything like that. So do purge your list. Don't do it without first letting people uh, have a final one or two chances to to interact with you and and be okay with it. Be proud that you are growing your tribe and, 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 you know, if people aren't contributing to the tribe, they don't belong in there, right? So that's that. Now, I wanted to take a few moments here to, actually, let me do a recap really quick in case you missed it or you can be reminded of perhaps the one that was most relevant to you. Number one, do send more emails. Do not send more irrelevant emails or too many. Number two, do spend time on subject lines. Do not let people down, though. You need to fulfill that promise of the, of the subject line if you want to get a little fancy with it. Number three, do offer a lead magnet. Do not offer a fifty-page ebook. Be mindful of people's time and try to get them to that quick win sooner. Number four, do resend to unopens. Do not send the exact same email. Just change it a little bit. It goes a long way. Number five, do tag and segment your list. Number Five, do not, Uh, do not overcomplicate it. Do not have 50 different buckets, just three or less. Start easy, but you will see results, I promise. Number six, create email marketing magic by creating automated campaigns that do things for you with a goal, but do not set and forget it. Pay attention to them. See what needs improvement and then go and make those changes. Always gonna be growing and changing. Number seven, do purge your list. Do not purge your list, however, without an ultimatum first. Now, speaking of email marketing magic, that's actually the name of our upcoming course. And the beauty of this is this has already been validated. We have, even though we're running a beta, we're running a beta because we wanna make sure the content in there is everything you need. So the students who get access during the beta period, which is gonna be a short period of time, is actually open and available later this month, very soon. If you go to the landing page, smartpassiveincome.com magic, one more time, smartpassiveincome.com slash magic, you can see where we're at with that. If, if we're still leading up to it, you'll likely see a countdown timer or a date, or if we're past it, it'll either be like a wait list or maybe it'll be live. I don't know. We'll see how it goes in the future. But the whole purpose of a, of a beta launch is to get a limited number of people in there that I can have high contact with so that, number one, they can all feel like they're getting taken care of because at the same time, this is a brand new course and I I'm essentially relying on them to tell me, well, what isn't working for you? Okay, let me go build that. Let me go create that. Let me go fill in those gaps. So it's almost like a like a hand-holding through email marketing, email marketing magic. It's not just about how to grow your list, how to create lead magnets that convert or anything like that. I mean, that stuff is in there, but that's in part one. That's the foundational stuff. Hey, you wanna grow your list? Okay, make sure you have these things. Not these things, these things. Okay, you want to uh, get a higher open rate. You wanna have more click-throughs on your emails. Okay, like here are the foundational things you need to do that. But after you get all that stuff in place, so it is for beginners as well, but also those who are more advanced because part two is where the magic happens. That's where now you've gotten all the foundational items done. Now we're going to segment and tag our list and we're gonna create automated email campaigns with purpose that convert with a goal behind them The goal would be to get you to a point where, for example, you're gonna create a seven-day email course series and you wanna have it lead into an offer. You go into that part of the course and you go, Pat, okay, how do I create a seven-day email series or an email series in general that leads into an offer? What do those emails look like? What's the sequence? How often do I send them? What do I say? It's in there. Or if you're gonna be doing a launch for a product and you want it to be a big launch, like a three-day sort of video series launch and, and how to implement that and, and what are the emails like leading up to the launch date, leading up to a webinar registration, for example, how do you follow up after a webinar? That's another separate campaign. What happens during the launch? How many emails do you send out and when? How about on the last day? How many emails do you send out? What do you say? How do you actually you know, do this without actually upsetting people? These are the kinds of things that will be included because we've done the research. This is exactly what people are asking for they're asking for two things part one the beginners are asking for okay how do I even get started how do I grow my list how do I do best practices to make sure I set myself up for success that is a refresher for those who or essentially an audit or checklist for those who already have a business and then part two is where the magic happens email marketing magic here's the tagline grow your list make more money automate like magic all right so I know you've created your business, you got your website up or you're about to do that. I don't wanna get crickets anymore. We need people to open them, but we also wanna use email marketing to our advantage to offer the things that we know will help our audience. If you're afraid of annoying your audience, guess what? That's not what I teach. I teach you how to send emails that can have you be thanked for sending information. A simple and effective online course and framework to help you not just grow your list, but help you generate more revenue to even if you're not good at writing or you're afraid of selling. That's who this is for. And if that's not something you're interested in, don't worry. But if that's something that's right up your alley and you want to be a part of this beta launch, if it is still open and available, or you can see when it is open and available, go to smartpassiveincome.com slash magic and check it out there. So that is email marketing. Very important here in 2020. So important that... I've taken all the questions that many people have been asking over the years. Actually, this is the number one course that we've been asked to create lately. It was after the podcasting course, actually. But then I've created a couple other ones that were also important, like affiliate marketing and the secondary podcasting course, the more advanced one. This is the one that people have been waiting for. So I'm excited to test it out with a group of students, a limited number of students. We're going we're gonna to walk through it. I'm going to make sure it works for you the beauty of this is if I know I can help people, I know I'm gonna get amazing testimonials on the other end. And when we launch this thing publicly later in the year, it's gonna have real life case studies of real life people doing exactly what it needs to do. And if it doesn't get there, that probably means it didn't work. And this is why we run a beta. But if you wanna be a part of this, I know it's gonna work because this is my jam. This is what we're doing. And I wanna want you to be a part of it. Smartpassiveincome.com slash magic. Hey, thanks so much for listening to this episode. I appreciate you and I hope that you got a lot of value out of it. I hope that email marketing is exciting for you. I hope it doesn't become a drag. I hope it becomes something that you can see can be of benefit to not just you and your business, but to your audience as well. And I I love business when everybody can win and using tools like this is definitely a plus. So email marketing for the win, for sure. If you wanna get the links and everything mentioned in this episode, go to the show notes page at smartpassiveincome.com slash session 406. One more time, smartpassiveincome.com slash session 406. I also mentioned ConvertKit earlier in the episode as well. If you go to smartpassiveincome.com slash ConvertKit, that'll give you a special free trial offer uh, to check it out and they help with migrations as well. You can move from other ones very simply. And yeah, Team Flynn, you're amazing. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Here is to your success in 2020. Thanks to everybody who is going to be joining the beta program or who has perhaps already joined the beta program. And uh, again, smartpassiveincome.com slash magic if you want to see where we're at with that particular course. And cheers. Thanks so much. And as always, Team Flynn for the win. Peace.